Mountain. Hi, Joni. Welcome back, listeners, to the Catholic Traveler podcast, a podcast where we are taking you daily to the Station Churches of Rome during Lent. And today is a big day, Holy Thursday, beginning of the Triduum. Yeah, and today we are going back to the Cathedral of Rome, St. John Lateran. You know, I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, we've gone to St. John Lateran before and it seems like we just keep going back there. And then I thought, well, if the Pope used to live there, of course he's going to make all the station churches there because he doesn't have to walk very far. It's just three times. (laughs) I know, but still. (laughs) Then he goes back during Easter and I don't know. Right. Still. Bring the people to him. Yeah. The people had to make a pilgrimage. So we're back at John Lateran, the Cathedral of Rome, for a very particular reason why the Station Church is here on Holy Thursday. Yeah, traditionally, the Holy Father would celebrate Holy Thursday Mass here, a tradition that was stopped by Pope Francis. Um, He goes to local prisons and celebrates the Mass with the prisoners, Uh, but usually the Holy Father would be here to celebrate the Last Supper, and it's because of a relic that's in this church. What's that relic, Joni? We actually have a piece of the table of the Last Supper in John Lateran, kind of tucked away, way up high. You may have been in John Lateran and had no idea this relic was there, but if you know where to look, the relic is kind of overlooking the whole church in a sense. Right. It's in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, which is just a side chapel to the left of the main altar. And high above the altar, high above the uh, tabernacle is a gold relief of the Last Supper. So it just looks like another piece of art. Um, But if you look closely, you'll notice that the gold is only the figures in the Last Supper. And then around that is cut out and it's open air. And you can see behind their heads, behind their bodies, and you see the wood from the table of the Last Supper. So there's no markings anywhere, nothing indicating that this relic is in the church. You would have to know it's up there and that you're looking at it. Because tons of people go there. They see the, the, it's a beautiful altar. So they take pictures, but they have no idea that there's something behind the image of the Last Supper. So, yeah. but it's there. It's just kind of in the left transept. So it is a the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, but really if you just kind of walk up, it's just sort of in that, the main, you know, part of the church before you get to the the main altar. Well, it's beyond the main altar, but um, before you get to the cathedral area. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's there behind this, this bas relief and it's the table. So yeah. it's, it's a chapel, but it's, it's more Father. like a side altar. Of, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not quite like going into a new like some of the side altars, right. you know, like the Blessed Sacrament Chapel at St. Peter's, for example. Like you're going through this curtain and you're going into a brand new chapel. Exactly, but, um, yeah. Um, but it's interesting. So now that we celebrate the Chrism Mass that the bishop celebrates with his priests during Holy Week to bless the oils, he, the Pope would do that at St. Peter's, which I always thought was kind of interesting because traditionally a, a bishop would do that in their cathedral with their priests. So in the morning, um, occasionally, now not now because of COVID, but um, the Pope would do that at St. Peter's rather than at the cathedral because later that day at the cathedral, they would be celebrating the Mass of the Last Supper. Right. Um, so when I studied in 2005, all Triduum events were at St. Peter's because John Paul II was so ill. He ended up not celebrating those, um, those, those liturgies, but they they were all at St. Peter's. But then the second time I went in 08, we were at St. John Lateran and it was just, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, it's, I, I can't use the word beautiful and amazing and powerful, but it is very powerful to be in that church, be so close to the relic and be reminded that this isn't just a story. This isn't just a nice, you know, movie scene, but that it really happened. And we have the wood 
where it happened. Yeah, and there, there's another relic across the street at the Scala Santa in the top. There, there's a little chapel, and they have another piece of wood from the table of the Last Supper. And with both of these relics, there's not much of a story behind how they got here. Um, sometimes, like with the, the relic of the Holy Manger, which we talked about yesterday, we know who brought it here and how it ended up here. But the Last Supper table, we don't really know. But that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. So this liturgy is one of my favorites, Holy Thursday. There's a lot that could be said about it. Um, but the way it ends is very unique to in in the liturgical year. It ends in silence and it, it ends without really ending, which is important. Um, it ends and, and ends with a procession of the Eucharist to an altar of repose. And then you'll notice if you go to the Good Friday liturgy, the only day of the year where there's no mass celebrated, Good Friday begins in silence. And it's a reminder to us that what, bega- what begins on Thursday continues to Friday, that it's really one event, the Last Supper and the the passion that without the passion, the last supper is just a meal. And without the last supper, the passion is just an execution. So they're really one liturgy and it's evidenced by the way Holy Thursday ends or, or doesn't really end. So there's a procession, the singing of the Pange Lingua usually, and a procession to this altar of repose. So Mountain, you've said before that this is one of your favorite traditions. Could you tell us why or what it is, I guess? Yeah, it's my favorite night of the year in Rome. Um, so all the churches do the altars of repose uh, tradition. I don't know if it was started in Rome. Maybe it was started in Rome, but it was tradition to visit seven churches uh, for the altars of repose. And people do that in other places as well. Um, it's a lot easier here in Rome. Uh, the first time I heard about it, there was a friend of mine, we've talked about him before, but he studied here in Rome as a priest or as a seminarian. And when he came back to Atlanta, my diocese, he wanted to do the seven churches and none of us had ever heard of it. Um, and so he mapped it out. He called up the churches to make sure they were going to be open late enough. And we drove all around Atlanta. And that's not easy. I mean, there were, I mean, sometimes we're in the car for like 45 minutes between churches. So for us to get to seven of those, it, it took all night. I'm like, it took until the churches closed around midnight. Um, and then when I was in Rome for the first time on Holy Thursday, I was just so excited to be able to walk and visit all these churches that I think the first time I did it, I got to 20 churches. Like I wasn't <laughs> going to stop at seven. I was just going to keep going. And now that's what I usually do because it's just, I guess, you know, what when we do it the way we should do it, it'd be very a prayerful thing. You would pray at each church. Um, but I just get so excited to see what everyone's done, like how they've decorated and set up because they really do go all out. Um, most of the churches, all the lights are off. It's just candlelight. And some of them, are, it's a side chapel. Some of them, it's a side altar. Um, St. Mary Major, yesterday we talked about their Sistine Chapel, which is I mean, it's the size of some churches back in the States, but it's a little side chapel. And they fill that chapel up with candles. It's got a beautiful tabernacle in it. And like I said, they just go all out. They like have a red carpet that you walk up to approach the chapel. Sometimes there's music, like um, a choir singing or an organist. And so, yeah, for me, I just I just get so excited. I don't want to stop. And I go up until midnight when the churches close. Um, and then a few years ago, 
we were doing this and Amelia had a scout thing because the scouts had to do their own Holy Thursday mass. And so I just took Lily out, my youngest. And so we visited a bunch of churches. And then when Amelia was done, Christina brought her and we met. And then we kept visiting all these churches and it was almost midnight. I think it was like 1135 or something. And we were walking home exhausted. We probably covered like six miles. And we noticed that Palaise was open, which we've talked about many times. And so we just kind of collapsed at a table and they brought us pizza. And I don't know, it's just, it's a fun night in Rome and you run into so many people that are out doing this, especially in normal times when a lot of Americans are here, you recognize all these people, kind of like you see people at the station churches. So you'll see mm. a bunch of priests, you know, or some seminarians or just other people visiting. And it's it's a nice social thing, but still like a prayerful social thing. There's not a lot of laughing and stuff like that. It's kind of like, oh, we're doing the same kind of pilgrimage tonight. So yeah. I love it. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to do it tonight. It's interesting because Holy Thursday is this really interesting day where we know we're preparing for the Passion. And so it's kind of this bittersweet liturgy where it's a beautiful Mass with the washing of the feet and the institution of the Eucharist. And it's a real celebration of this gift of the Eucharist, which is why these altars of repose are so beautifully decorated and so adorned because it's in gratitude to Christ's presence among us today. And, but yet, you know, Friday's coming. And so it's this really strange, I mean, the Triduum is just kind of this strange time, but um, I think it's just this really interesting day because we have the Gloria and we're singing and there's bells in the liturgy and the priests are wearing white. And it's like this respite from Lent in a sense. And then all of a sudden then Good Friday's coming. And so even this idea that, you know, it's a joyful night for you in a sense, right? To see um, other disciples and to take to keep watch with Christ in a way that, um, you know, we are the first disciples didn't. Um, and maybe we wouldn't have in the garden, you know, I should probably would have fallen asleep too, but it's just this interesting, like bittersweet day, I think. Yeah. I did fall asleep in the garden. I've told. Yes. Was that with I, your people? I, it was off. It's my trip. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Claim to fame. Yeah. So he's referring to the actual, um, the Garden of Gethsemane, the the Church of All Nations there. Uh, the rest of us went and did the Palm Sunday walk, which we'll have Somebody, a whole podcast about someday. But there were a few people or... who couldn't do it. And so you stayed with them down in the church and we were going to meet you in the church and you fell asleep in the church. It was a really hot day and the church in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's it's dark. The The windows are purple and so not much light comes in. And it was it was high season, but there it wasn't crowded. So there was really nobody in the church. It it wasn't high season. We never go during. High, oh, I never go during high season. It was well, summer. It was summer. Yeah, yeah, it was August. That's why it was stinking okay. like seven hundred right. degrees. Yeah, oh, you're right. You're right. But so it was yeah, nice so there was and nobody peaceful. there. It was quiet. It was yeah. peaceful, and yeah. I literally fell asleep. In yep. the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm sure Peter, James, and John were like, you know, it was really late at night. And we ate this big <laughs> meal. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. But so if you have the opportunity to visit different churches, dear listeners, um, take advantage of that. But if you don't, you know, your church will likely have, I mean, given COVID restrictions, I guess, but, you know, every church for the most part has an altar of repose. Usually it's a side altar. Um, And a lot of times these churches will have adoration after Holy Thursday mass. So, you know, take time to keep watch with Christ, Um, you know, meditate on the events of Holy Thursday, pray the 
Conversations of the Cross, do something there with him in the garden. If you go to Holy Thursday Liturgy, stay with, with your own church's altar of repose um, and, and make a holy hour. Because a lot of times these churches will have adoration, um, not exposed, but will have adoration at some point, and then kind of go to a more simple reposition after midnight. So um, so it's a it's a great way to begin the Triduum, I think, to, to keep watch with Christ in the garden. Yeah. Have you done the altars of repose in Rome? I have. Um, both years I studied there and most, so the first time it was, a it, you know, we just did it around St. Peter's. Um, we stopped fairly early and got dinner, ate a bunch of meat before Good Friday came around. <laughs> um, and then when I studied um, in 08, we did kind of down from John Ladder into Mary Major. So all those, all those. I don't remember any of them. I mean, it's been so long. I don't, I can't name a favorite, um, but we did most of those churches down that, that strip. Um, You've mentioned, you know, San Martino before and how much you loved them. Is there, are there any other ones that stand out to you? There's another one. There's a Santana on that same road, the Marilana Road, that I'd never seen open before. And that was beautiful. Mm. Um, tiny church, a bunch of sisters, and they just, they went overboard with the flowers. And so that mm. was really pretty. And then I've, I've also done all the ones on the Corso. So kind of like that main street in Rome that's mostly pedestrian only, and there's tons the churches there and yeah i don't i don't know that i have a favorite i so many are amazing san augustino they usually have a beautiful altar of repose i'm not sure where I i'm gonna go the pride tonight. that they take place yeah. you know like they really take a lot of pride in it similar to their nativity scenes that we've talked about on the podcast before but there's a lot of pride that goes into really showing christ and really you know honoring the eucharist and showing christ the best the best that you know what he deserves right so yeah anything else about holy thursday um, no, tonight for my patrons, I'm going to do a live walk. So if any of the patrons are listening or those who want to be, um, that'll be live for them. And so we'll visit seven churches and not sure how it's going to go, which I've told everyone because things are a little different this year. Uh, not all churches are going to be open. They all have to close by nine because we have a curfew. I've heard that some churches are not using a side chapel, um, or they're going to use the main altar just because it's, there's more space. So we'll see, but I'm excited. Um, I think it's going to be beautiful no matter what. Good. If you aren't a patron of Mountains, you can go to thecatholictraveler.com. And on his main page, if you scroll down, you'll see a big, bold thing that says patrons. And it describes what that process is. It has a link, become a patron. And if you um, support him, you can have access to some of these live events. So I always enjoy them. I do too. Yeah. Thanks, Joni. So you're welcome. I also, I want to give a shout out to a listener here in Nashville. So we had our Chrism Mass um, on Tuesday evening and we, I ran into one of our listeners. We've met, we've both met, I mean, I've obviously met him because he lives in Nashville, but Mountains met him in Rome before Tommy. And he told us, you know, he told me how much he's enjoying the podcast, how much he loves Tipsy Tuesday. So a big <laughs> shout out to Tommy. Thank you for listening. And it just, I think it means a lot that people, that this helps people through Lent or that it was, you know, edifying for them, but it's nice to hear it. So it was fun to hear it in person, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. So Tommy says, hi, Mountain. Hi, Tommy. <laughs> this was good. Yeah. It, we have gotten a lot of great feedback and it's, it's meant a lot to yeah. know that, I mean, it's fun for us because we get to talk about things we love, but it's nice that other people are not only enjoying it, but getting stuff out of it. Like so many people, this is one of their Lenten things. And who yeah. would have thought like, I mean, maybe you would have thought that before, but I never thought that me 
talking into a microphone would be part of someone's <laughs> Lenten journey, like something they look yeah. forward to every day is like how they meditate on what's going on. And anyway, it's touching. Yeah, it's been fun to do the virtual pil- pilgrimage. Yeah. Um, I love the station churches and it's been fun to bring them to a wider audience, especially yeah. at a time when we can't travel. I think it's been really, really special. So, so happy Holy Thursday, everybody. Yes. Happy Triduum. Blessed Triduum. Yes. Yeah. So tomorrow we are going to another church we've been to, but we did not talk about probably the most important thing found at that church. So we will talk about that tomorrow. I do like how we're doing it because I've noticed some people and churches that are doing the stations each time they visit or the first time they visit, they tell you everything. And we're like, we're doing it slowly. We're doing it right. Like we didn't talk about the table of the last supper until today. We're not talking about tomorrow's relics until tomorrow. So keep you coming back. Yeah. But also it, it, it fits the journey. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that tomorrow's church is tomorrow's church. Right. So it's one of my favorites. Thank you listeners. Thank you mountain and have a good Holy Thursday, everybody. Um, And we will see you on good Friday. Ciao people. Ciao. Ciao.